has God somehow lost some of his power? Has God grown old? Welcome to Christ-Centered Growth Podcast, where we learn to work out our salvation one day at a time, knowing that it is God who works in us both to will and to do of his good pleasure. So let us focus on him in this journey, growing in him and through him. Hi, I'm your host, Marilena Papana. Welcome to the very first episode of Christ-Centered Growth Podcast. I hope you're having a blessed day wherever you are. I'm so excited about this podcast, not just because I get to function in another one of my callings, but because I get to learn a lot in the process and I get to grow a ton as well. I'm excited to start to look even more like Christ. The first couple episodes will be on something I'm calling the 10 isms. These are just 10 things that end with the letters ISM that I've been leaning on God to help me figure out as I continue on my journey as a Christian. I really want to know and share with you what God has to say about these things. Today, I will actually be starting with neuroticism. Neuroticism is one of the personality types in the big five personality traits. Now, you might be like, hold up. I thought this was supposed to be about Christ-centered growth. And yes, it is. Uh, We'll be looking to God for answers to these things Uh, But first off, I want to provide some background. So like I was saying, neuroticism is one of the personality types in the big five personality traits. And it's just a grouping of personality traits. There are five of them, and I don't plan to go too much into details since that's actually not the purpose of this podcast. But please feel free to look into it. What I wanted to talk to you about today is just neuroticism. Um, So I won't be talking about any of the other four. Now, do not confuse neuroticism with neurosis, which is actually a mental disorder. There are some similarities, but they're not the same thing. Neuroticism as part of the big five is believed to be a scale, and so people can rank high or low on this scale. Some of the characteristics that distinguish people who rank high on this scale is the tendency towards anxiety, depression, and self-consciousness. This is not a comprehensive definition, right? So anxiety, depression, and self-consciousness are not all that neuroticism is. However, I'm just going to be focusing on those three things. These three things are what I've had to struggle with the most. So to avoid any confusion, since there are different ways to talk about these characteristics, I'll go ahead and provide definitions. For anxiety, I'm talking about the tendency to worry and to see the world as a dangerous place. For depression, we're talking about, you know, tendency to be discouraged, to be sad, to have low energy. For self-consciousness, it's more so tendency to be concerned about how you appear to other people, um, a tendency to feel awkward and often ashamed. These are things we struggle with that we might believe that God does not offer answers to. But I think that Through the series that we'll be doing on this, we'll be able to have more understanding about what God has to say about these things. Now, sometimes we think it is just what it is and we're just who we are. Um, I remember before I became a Christian, or should I say earlier on in my journey um, and before I really came to understand or even begin to understand the death of Jesus and what that has accomplished for me, I used to say, Oh, I just rank high on neuroticism and that's why I'm constantly worried. And I tend to get discouraged, so I wouldn't try a lot of things. I really worried about what people thought of me, uh, which made me do things that I'm not proud of. 
and it actually also prevented me from doing things that I should have done and I just explained it all as being due to my neuroticism I believe that I was just I'm just a naturally anxious person is what I would say but coming to Jesus coming to Christ however I've learned that there is no such thing God said in his word in Philippians 4 verse 6 he said be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known to God why would God ask us to be something else other than what he created us to be what I'm asking is why would God ask us to not be anxious if he created us to be anxious that alone tells me that I am not naturally anxious I couldn't possibly be God repeatedly says, be anxious for nothing, have no worries. He says plainly, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. God is saying, do not have anxiety because that is not who I created you to be. He calls forth the things he created in us and anxiety is not one of them. And thank God it's not because anxiety is actually really paralyzing. That's something I've come to learn. It hinders the work. And this isn't necessarily the work of God. Any kind of work. I mean, how many times have you not done something because you're scared of how it will turn out? Or you're scared of what people will say? This podcast for me is a prime example. I mean, God has put this in my heart for a while now. I would say for years now. And I had all the materials that I needed. I bought all the tools and still didn't record because I was so nervous. I still didn't do anything. I was so scared of the negative comments that might come up. And I was so scared of failing, not just myself, but failing God. I was worried about all that could happen. But thank God for where I am now. He's helping me realize that doing his word and obeying him is more important than the outcome of what he asked me to do. I realize that I still have a lot to grow in, hence this podcast. But I'm so excited because we get to grow together. One thing I've learned in so many ways is that it is impossible to do the work of God being overly self-conscious. Luke 21 verse 17 says that people will hate you because you are followers of Christ. So they will hate you simply because you're a follower of Christ. So if you're worried about that, um, it's definitely going to come. And so the only way to change that would be to not really be a follower of Christ, which is the worst decision that anyone could ever make. Now, Luke 6 verse 22 says, blessed are you when people hate you, when they exclude you, when they insult you, when they reject you as evil, because of the son of man because of jesus blessed are you and so luke 6 verse 22 is telling us yeah people will hate you but that's actually great you should rejoice because that's what you want because there are a lot of blessings that come along with that now i found myself holding back whenever i'm trying to tell someone something that is necessary to say whenever i'm trying to do something i just i'm always holding back not trying to get people uncomfortable But the truth is the most important opinion should be God's opinion. And as long as I'm good on that front, it is well. Everything is okay. Because these things, you know, anxiety, depression, self-consciousness, they stunt your growth in Christ. Depression, which I'm defining as being discouraged or sad, is not from God. He has told us who we are. He has told us who he is 
and there is no evil in him whatsoever. Like it says in Jeremiah 29 verse 11, his plans for us are good. They are to give us a future and a hope. Neuroticism is not part of God's plans for us. I mean, the biggest issue is actually not finding these things in your life. It is accepting them as who you are. What I mean by that, just to clarify a little bit, is it's not as big of a deal for me to find myself anxious as it is for me to just brush it aside as that's just who I am. No, that's not who you are, sis. That's not who you are, bro. It is who the world has made you. It is who circumstances have made you. It is who you have learned to be. And whatever you learn, you can unlearn. Now, given the times we are with um, this whole thing with coronavirus and all that is happening, it's important to understand that living in fear is actually not an option. And the way out of fear is faith. It's belief. Not just in anything, but in God, in his word. You have to believe all that God has said to you, all that he has said to you about you, all he has said to you about himself. His word has all the answers that we need. I know sometimes we look at the Bible and think, oh, I can't see anyone who has the same struggles as I do in there. So I wanted to give a relevant example. You've probably heard of prophet Elijah. Now he's the one who prayed and no rain. He Well, he prayed that no rain would fall and it did not rain for three and a half years. To give a little bit of context, Israel was God's chosen nation. And during the reign of Hayab, the people were beginning to lose sight of God. Now, Ahab was married to Jezebel, who served the god Baal. Um, and she had been serving this god in her um, native land. And so when she got to when she got married to Ahab, uh, she promoted the worship of Baal. And in fact, she killed a lot of God's prophets. Now, there was a contest on Mount Carmel. There were two sides, right? Elijah and God on one side, and then the 450 prophets of Baal and Baal on the other side. And... They cut pieces of meat and put it on wood, but did not light it with fire. From morning to night, the prophets of Baal prayed. The Baal will send fire, and no fire came. When it was Elijah's turn, he asked them to drench the altar with water. Three times he asked them to do this. And then he prayed, and fire came. And it not just consumed the sacrifice, it consumed the altar as well. God proved himself. After that, the people killed the prophets of Baal because, hey, Baal's not a real God. Like, who is Baal compared to, like, our God Almighty? Now, Ahab went ahead and told his wife when he got home, and she wrote a letter to Elijah, and she was swearing that she would kill Elijah by the next day. Elijah was really scared. So he was anxious and very worried, and he ran for his life. And he, in fact, became depressed. And we know this because in 1 Kings 19 verse 4, he was so discouraged that he actually asked God to take his life. The amazing thing about seeing people who we respect so much in the Bible in this light is it gives us understanding that man is fallible. And understanding that God will use you regardless and he will grow you is important. God did not condemn Elijah for his weakness. In fact, if you read on in that chapter, you see... God taking care of Elijah, waking him up several times to eat in preparation for what was ahead. He will use you. He'll use us despite our weaknesses. He said, in our weakness, his strength is made known. 
he will work in us regardless. So that's not the issue. Elijah was a great man of God. No matter how far you've gone in your walk with God or how deep your relationship is, you may struggle with these things sometimes. It is not something that only new Christians deal with. It is important we lean on God to help us grow out of these things. And again, it is a day-by-day journey. So each day, we are better than the day before. Some of the things that, you know, are advisable, some of the things that we should do when we find that we are getting pretty anxious, uh, when we're getting pretty depressed or overly concerned about what people think. There are a couple of things that I've learned to do and there are a couple of things that I want to share with you that you should do. The first thing is remember your personal testimony. It's always so amazing to me when I read God do amazing things for a person and then in the next chapter they're back to doubting. I mean look back at the story of Elijah. It wasn't that long ago that God had done something that was impossible. I mean, we know that water quenches fire. The sacrifice and the altar were drenched with water. It shouldn't have, (laughs) fire shouldn't have come out. Even if Elijah was to light that place on fire, it wouldn't, I don't think it would have burned. But Elijah called on God and he did the impossible. Fire came down from heaven and burned that sacrifice and everything there burn the sacrifice and the altar as well now why is it that in the very next chapter elijah is so scared for his life because of jezebel jezebel compared to who god had helped him with 450 prophets of baal and baal god had helped him conquer all of those and elijah was now scared of this one woman And I think it's maybe because Elijah didn't write down his testimony or maybe he forgot because that happens sometimes. You know, we're in a situation and we feel like all hope is lost. But I wonder if we would be a little more hopeful if it was right there in our face what God did for us just the day before or just the month before or just the year before. So I would say write down your testimonies and put them where you can see them count your blessings the next thing i would say is remember the word of god but remembering the word of god in order to remember the word of god you actually have to meditate on the word of god and meditating on the word of god is taking the word pondering upon it asking god to reveal the mysteries of his word to you and using the word of god now when you're in a weird situation When you're struggling, the Holy Spirit would actually remind you of the word that you've meditated on. And then you speak that word. You speak that word to whatever situation you find yourself. Another thing to remember in this is also you need to have an understanding of the word of God. It's important that you study the scripture. And by studying the scripture, it's not reading it like it is a novel. It's asking the Holy Spirit to help you. As you read through it, asking the Holy Spirit to reveal the mysteries, to reveal the truth that is the word of God to you. There is power in the word of God, but that power is only revealed through the Holy Spirit. Another thing is to turn to God by searching the scriptures. Now, 
searching the scriptures luckily for us does not entail days or months of like basically turning pages we have google now so you can simply just type into google scriptures that talk about fear scriptures that talk about worry depression comfort and then google will produce some and then you will go into your bible and by yourself read those scriptures how do i deal with this well the word of god has something to say about that it's important that we go there and check what the word of god has to say what god has to say about that another thing is to believe the word of god to be true now with everything going on with coronavirus god said in hebrews um, 13 verse 5 he said he will never leave us he will never forsake us if you really believe this then you know god is god is with you and he conquered death as it says in second timothy 1 verse 10 we also know in as it says in isaiah 53 verse 5 that by his stripes we are healed if we really if we really believe these things then what is it that you're afraid of i mean ask yourself what exactly am i afraid of if i believe all these things if all of these things are true and they are true they are the truth then what exactly are you afraid of? Another thing is to believe who God is. Not just what he has done or what he says he will do, but believing who he is. One thing I know is God is not a liar. I mean, <laughs> I found myself recently writing about COVID-19 um, and I was writing it in capital letters. Because that's how it's written and that's how people write it. And I had to delete that and actually rewrite it in small letters. Because COVID is small. COVID-19 is small compared to my God. And I know this might seem trivial, but that really helped me. God is greater than all of these things. He is. Another thing is, don't pressure yourself. (laughs) Like, don't pressure yourself because you know all of these things like well how do you deal with fear and there are all of these things that god is teaching us that we can do but he's not telling us to pressure ourselves it's important that we know that it is a journey even jesus grew he grew in wisdom jesus wasn't all of a sudden wise he grew he developed so we will grow as well So don't pressure yourself. The word of God is not a magic pill. You never get to the point where you're like, oh, you know what? I got it now. I mean, I've been the person who during this season has felt a lot of joy. I mean, glory be to God. I felt a lot of joy in this season where a lot of people are basically paralyzed with fear and cannot move and um, are so discouraged. I felt joy. And it's not that... I do not understand the gravity of coronavirus, but I truly believe that the God that I serve, the almighty God, Yahweh, is greater than all of these things. However, there have been those moments where I receive a call from someone who is super worried and I start to wonder if I should be worried as well. So take it one day at a time, remembering that God is working in you. Something else that God has helped me learn is writing out your fears. Take a piece of paper and draw a line right down the middle. And on the left side, write everything that you're scared of. 
everything that has you worried in this season, write it down. And then right next to it on the right side, the right side of the line, I want you to write scriptures, testimonies, things that are the truth, that are of God, that tell you why you should not be worried about that thing, whatever it is that you're scared of. So for example, if you're scared that people would buy out the stores, I know I was scared about that at some point. If you're scared that people would buy out the stores and you and your family would not have any food, then write that out. And a scripture that answers that is Philippians 4 verse 19. He will supply all my needs, all my needs. Not according to the economy or according to how much is in the store, but according to his reaches, according to his reaches in glory. And I know this is hard to wrap your mind around. I mean, how do you wrap your mind around the people of Israel having manna to eat for 40 years? They did not have to work for their food. They did not have to plant anything or like wait to harvest. God miraculously provided from his abundance. And when they complained that they wanted meat, he gave them meat too. He gave them quails. So a question I want to pose to you is this. Is God different than he was then? Has God somehow lost some of his power? Has God grown old? I mean, sometimes when people grow old, they cannot do as much as they used to. Is that what we think happened to God? Now, that's a question you need to answer for yourself. For me, I do not think God has grown old. I do not think he has lost his power. I truly believe he is the same today as he was yesterday. And he will continue to be the same. He's unchanging. He is the Almighty. Hold on to the word. You have help. You have God. To digress a little, but still very related, a scripture that has made me super excited for almost a month now is Psalm 32 verses 1 to 2. The scripture says, Oh, what joy for those whose disobedience is forgiven, whose sin is put out of sight. Yes, what joy for those whose record the Lord has cleared of guilt, whose lives are lived in complete honesty. This scripture, uh, there is an exercise in my church where we were told to pick a verse or a couple verses and just spend a couple minutes basically meditating on those scriptures. So reading it over and over again, thinking about it, praying that God will reveal what exactly he's saying in that word to us, but basically meditating on it. And this was the scripture that I chose. And I don't actually think I chose it. I think God chose the scripture because I read it and in church, I started to get super excited. I was like, oh my gosh, like God didn't have to forgive me. I I did some things and God did not have to forgive me. He did not have to call me to be his child, but he did. That alone is amazing. That alone is like, what an amazing gift. And so if you find yourself sad or discouraged, think about that. Think about the fact that in this season, you have comfort, you have provision, you have healing. And a lot of people don't. Now, is it because of anything that you did? No. This was a free gift. (laughs) You didn't pay anything. It was given to you for free. So 
That is amazing and that just brings me so much joy. It is such a joy to be saved, to not have to worry about a guilty conscience. And this doesn't just help with depression, like the joy that the scriptures provide, you know, just help with depression. They actually help with fear as well. I mean, sometimes, honestly, what you need to combat fear is the joy of the Lord. Now, the next thing is focus. What are you actually focusing on? Now, in the story of Peter, if you remember, Jesus was walking on water and Peter and the other disciples were on the boat and they saw Jesus and thought it was a ghost. And Jesus called out to them and was like, no, I'm Jesus, not a ghost. And Peter was like, well, if you're really Jesus, ask me to come and walk on water as well. And so Jesus said, come on, Peter. And Peter came out. Excited Peter came out. And he actually walked on water. But then there was the storms. And he could hear the storms. And he got distracted. So he removed his focus from Jesus. And placed his focus on the storm. On the problem. And when he started to focus on the problem. It began to overcome him. Do not let the problems overwhelm you. In this time with all that is going on in the news, do not let that overwhelm you. Do not constantly be on your phone looking at what's happening next and what's happening after that. Because, I mean, it's important to stay abreast of what's going on. But there is a certain level of focus on those things that kind of detracts from your focus on Christ. So in this season, make sure that let's make sure that we're focusing on Christ in this This isn't just about coronavirus, right? This is about anything that's producing fear. Don't meditate on that. Don't meditate on those things. Don't constantly be thinking about those things. Instead, think about the word of God. Think about what God has said about those things. Now, this could be as easy as when you start feeling anxious, Just listen to some gospel music or listen to a sermon or a podcast episode like this. (laughs) Shift focus from the problem to Christ. Another thing that has really been helpful to me is prayer. Now, prayer is transferring your worries to God. Philippians 4, 6 to 7 says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ. So don't be anxious. Instead of being anxious, actually give God your worries. Whatever is causing that anxiety, give it to God. And when you're giving it to God, be thankful for the things that you actually have. Be thankful to God because no matter how difficult your situation might be, There are amazing things going on in your life. Earlier today, I was thinking about how I can list, I mean, on the fly, I was able to list 10 things that are going on in my life right now that are so amazing. The start of this podcast being one of them. There's so much good, even with whatever you consider to be just awful. There's still so much good. So come to God with thanksgiving. And then let him know what you want. And after doing all of that, he will in turn give you peace. 
you give God your worries and he gives you peace. Now, there is an example I was thinking of of children with broken toys. <laughs> and give me a second to go through this example. Um, so imagine a child whose toy gets broken. They basically just take the toy to mom or dad. I mean, they start crying at first because they're just like, oh my gosh, my toy. But then they take it to mom or they take it to dad and they say, can you fix this? And mom or dad obviously say, yeah, just give it to me. I'll fix it. I'll get back to you tomorrow or something like that. And the child believes mom. The child believes that the child's not like, you know what? I don't know if you can actually figure this out. So I'm just going to hold on to it. I'm going to, you know, keep working at it, trying to figure it out myself. Because I know you say you can fix it, but I just don't know if you can. No, the child doesn't say that. The child gives the toy to mom, gives the toy to dad, and just goes about their day. Happy, joyful. They go on to other things. And that's how we should be when we pray to God. Let's pray his word to him. Let's give him our worries and just go about our day. Not because there's nothing to worry about. There are. <laughs> and if you, you're listening to this right now and thinking, oh no, there's absolutely nothing to worry about. Uh, <laughs> there are. But we're not worried. And it's because instead of focusing on those worries, instead of being anxious, we have given those things to God. We've given those things to God. And if we all give God our worries, it will not be too much for him. No. His all sufficient he's omnipresent he's omnipotent he can do everything at once (laughs) so let's not worry about that instead let us cast all our anxiety on him because he has said he cares for us and he has commanded us to do that he said if the birds do not have to worry about food and the flowers do not have to worry about clothes then why should i why should you another thing And this is the last point for today, is thanksgiving. Come to God with a thankful heart. Knowing that no matter what you are struggling with, there's still things to be thankful for. I mean, we talked about this earlier when we talked about prayer. Whatever it is that you're struggling with, there are still things to be thankful for. No, no matter what happens, focus on Christ. Focus on what he has said. Focus on what he has done. Focus on what he has been able to accomplish in your life, in the life of your family members, in the lives of your friends. Focus on that. No matter what the news says, do not be anxious. Do not be discouraged. Proverbs 3 verse 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. What God says matters more than your understanding of what's going on. For the sake of emphasis, I will say that again. What God says matters more than your understanding of what is going on. God has the answers. Sometimes we think we have to go to self-help books in order to figure some of these things out. But hey, from leaning on God and researching for this podcast, I've learned that God has an answer for neuroticism too. 
He wants us to just turn to him, to give him whatever's causing that anxiety. To be more concerned about what he thinks of us than what other people think of us. Because everything he thinks of us is good. His plans for us are good. They're not evil. They're good. And he works in us to be better. So it's a journey. We grow in him daily. And so I hope you get a chance to practice some of what we have talked about today. I hope you learned something. And the truth is, whenever you hear something that you're just not sure how to do, I've learned to just pray to God. Just say, Father God, we are anxious sometimes and we get a little bit depressed. And sometimes we raise people's opinions and what people say above what you have said. And we're sorry, but we're not quite sure how to get past it. So please help. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Christ-Centered Growth Podcast. Like, subscribe, and please share with your loved ones. Till next time, continue growing and keep Christ at the center of your growth.